Hey, I'm Ruben from Dub. Welcome to Connection Loop, our actionable podcast about building businesses with daily human connections. Connection Loop features long form interviews with fascinating people in sales, marketing, and beyond. Enjoy today's episode and learn more about Dub at dub.com. Hey guys, it's Ruben on Connection Loop. This is Dub's podcast. We're all about sharing stories here, meeting people, networking. So Brian actually is one of the only 100 people, as I understand it, that has access to LinkedIn Live. I really want to understand that, Brian. But more importantly, I want to understand your origin story and how you got into your situation. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. And it's great to be with you. And I'm honored to be a guest on your show. So thanks for having me. Thank you. Um, so, well, here, let's answer the first question that you had. So in terms of LinkedIn Live, you know, it's really new, right? It's in beta. And I actually got access on my birthday, which was May 13th. It just popped up. It was a really nice present to see. And I'm all about the experience. Like, I love taking people along with me for the journey. That's kind of my jam. So I've taken people with me behind the scenes in my son's. He's a jazz musician. So took my very first one was behind the scenes in a parade that he was performing in with his schoolmates. So both behind the scenes and then actually in the parade. And then other conferences I've been at. I just streamed live for four hours at Vid Summit, which was just uh, over the last couple of days. But yeah, there's only about 100 of us across the globe that have access. It's really very locked down and being in beta and with live, right, it's really different than just video. So LinkedIn has partnered up with some incredible companies to be able to provide you the ability to stream live on LinkedIn. And there's tons of them. You can share them in the show notes, but definitely a big fan. And again, it's one of those things that's great to be able to bring people together. It's really starting to pick up. I love seeing all the new faces that are actually starting to get access and pop in. So, and, you know, supporting everyone, because that's what LinkedIn is all about, right? It's, it's rallying together to support everyone that's showing up, whether it be on video or LinkedIn live. Yeah, it's an awesome adventure. Good for you. That's very cool. I mean, it sounds like you've really built a career based on creating content, you know, being a personality. You know, I see that you have um, you know, almost 40,000 followers on LinkedIn. What was that process like for you? How did you end up in that kind of role? And what did you do beforehand? I'm going to take you really back to the very beginning. And it literally starts with me being a pound and a half miracle baby coming into this world that wasn't supposed to live. And then growing up with a neurological disorder called Tourette's syndrome, which are uncontrollable tics and twitches. And usually you don't know you're doing them. So in the height of this early teen years, I was jumping up and down, somersaulting from room to room, making lots of facial expressions, lots of auditory noises. And like I said, more times than not, you weren't aware you were doing them. And a lot of these would commingle. So I was already always the small kid. And then I was the weird kid. So putting that all together, I dealt with a lot of adversity and bullying growing up. I had a lot, a hard time fitting in. You know, I was always the last kid picked. And honestly, I really didn't know who my friends were because there was a lot of tongue in cheek that happened in terms of my Tourette's. So I started to kind of break out of my shell a little bit along the way. Uh, by the way, so back in the 80s, Tourette's was a really new thing. So we'd go from doctor to doctor to doctor and test upon test upon test. And every doctor would say the same thing. Oh, he's fine. He'll grow out of it because they didn't know what it was. Mm. And my mom was determined to find an answer. So we wound up eventually at UCLA Medical Center where there was a specialist that said, there's a name for this thing. Here's what it is. It's relatively new and there's no cure for it. There's no FDA approved drugs or anything like that. We have some things that are being tested. And so I wound up testing this drug called clonidine, 
which was basically a suppressor, right? Well, side effects were horrible because I'd literally be falling asleep for 30 minutes at a time in class or really wherever I was. It wasn't an ideal scenario, but the thing is, it, while it may have helped, it hurt me at the same time. So I took it for a number of years and eventually once I got diagnosed and this was fifth grade, I stood up in front of my classmates and my teachers and whatever parents were there and said, this is what this thing is, right? You're not going to catch it. It's not contagious. And while I was terrified and relieved at the same time, to be frank, like just being able to like let it out and let people know this is me, right? And there was a lot of support which was great. Went through, like I said, a lot of really interesting times on in my journey. Uh, definitely some dark moments. My mom shares stories about how I'd come home from school and bring home pictures from art class or whatever, and they were really, really dark. There were no colors at all. And then all of a sudden, I'd come home one day and after a period of time and bring this really bright watercolored fish. It was it didn't look like a fish, but <laughs> but my mom loved it, right? Because it was like this pivotal moment where there was a shift. Mm. And I think it's interesting because like these shifts happened a few times along my way where while I had a lot of positivity in my life, you know, one negative can overshadow a thousand positives. And, and those were hard moments for me. And I went through therapy for a while and it didn't help. I think really it was just having my mom there that was really the epicenter of things for me. And, you know, I'd come home from school bawling and asking her, why did nobody like me? And why did everybody make fun of me? Because I really didn't get it. I, I didn't understand what was happening. Mm. She'd take me into the bathroom and she had this big mirror and We'd sit down and she says, okay, look, I want to show you something. And so she does every tick and twitch that I'm doing at the time and then looks at me and goes, okay, let her rip. Whatever you've got in you, just let it go. And apparently I did because I, I would try to kind of keep it all held in. And the problem is when you do that, it's like a volcano waiting to erupt. So I let it all out and then she says, okay, and puts on some music and we start dancing. This is my mom. My best friend, my genuine hero, like she's been my rock forever. So now kind of fast forward and I'm sharing this all with you because it all takes you to today. I start to kind of eighth grade decide, okay, I'm Jewish by faith. I was getting ready to get bar mitzvahed and I said to my mom, I don't want to take this medicine anymore. I don't want these drugs. I don't like what it's doing to me. So I just... I don't want to take it. And she was concerned because there were a lot of people that were showing up. And, you know, I was getting bar mitzvah, which is basically when you become a, a man. Sure. Uh, and, and so she was concerned that I would have some issues getting through all this. And so she said, OK, are you sure? And I, I said, yes. And apparently what I told her was, I'll be OK. They all know me. They're all here for me. I don't need it. And so she said, okay, well, I'll keep them with me in case you ever need them. And so I never took the medicine again. I was, I think, partially determined to control something that was uncontrollable. And I had a number of natural calming mechanisms along my way that helped me. I've been a musician my whole life. I play by ear. It's all about feel for me. My grandfather was a jazz musician. He, in Chicago originally, and then in the studios in LA until he passed, was an incredible, incredible man, huge heart musician. He worked in the schools to teach kids about the power of music and yeah, really, really, really cool stuff. Uh, and, but I'm music, a drummer. Oh, right on. That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, I started playing the keys. I'd sit in front of the piano for hours in the dark as a kid, just playing. And it was like, and you'd relate to this. It was like I was in another body. Oh, yeah. Like I just was so into the music. And oh, I think yeah. it was because of that, that focus and that concentration of where I was. Well, that, it's your energy being channeled in such a creative way, you know? 
Yeah, for sure. So music has always been a really huge part of my life. And it was always, again, something that helped me. Comedy, interesting, was another part. I loved watching comedians growing up back in the 80s, uh, Sam Kinison. And these were all physical comedians. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about this until later in life, right? Like early on, Jim Carrey, um, Gallagher, Bob Williams, Eddie Murphy. Like I loved watching the Three Stooges. Yeah. Uh, it just, I think, again, I could relate to them in different ways. They were funny, but they were acting all really weird. And, and dancing was another one. My mom always said, I'm going to teach you how to dance and you're going to love me for it because all the girls are going to love you. And, and so we did a lot of dancing together. But I think back because I do have a degree in psychology and I got it because I wanted to better understand myself and then just other human beings. Because mm -hmm. again, having gone through what I went through, I just didn't get people. But I thought, you know, maybe... I love dancing because it allowed me to just be me mm. as I normally am, but in a sea of people who feel like they're acting different and weird, right? They're moving in different ways. They wouldn't normally walk on the street that way or making noises or different facial expressions, you know? And so those are the three things that actually really made a big impact in my life in terms of kind of natural calming mechanisms. And they've always stayed with me. So now, as I take you along the journey, I get into high school, I start to kind of break into my shell a little bit. And something flipped in my head along the way where I said, okay, you know what? I don't ever want anyone to feel the way that I felt. I don't want anyone to be treated the way that I was treated. Mm -hmm. And I want them to feel good and lifted up and happy and, you know, just positive when they leave from me. So I started to bring people together. You know, my house was the house people came to hang out at. My parents fostered, you know, all of that. And graduation parties and all that kind of stuff. Again, just bringing people together. And, and then in college, I really broke out of my shell and got involved in a lot of stuff. I found my love for startups because I was a founder of my fraternity at San Diego State. Shout out to Phi Kappa Theta. It's a nationwide fraternity. Um, John F. Kennedy was a Phi Cap, Gene Kelly, many CEOs across the world. And it was a really cool experience for me because we literally built something from a ground up. We, we built an organization and we were like mutts because we weren't just one group, right? It wasn't like we were blonde haired, blue eyes. We weren't the jocks. We weren't the nerds. We were everyone. Mm. And if you ever seen Revenge of the Nerds, the original, oh, yeah. movie, like that was us, man. We were literally just a mosh posh of everybody. So that was an incredible experience. I grew up in retail. I worked in retail in high school. My family, as we call the Shmata business, it kind of grew up all around that through my entire family. Lots of entrepreneurs in my family. and um, But it wasn't paying the bills. I had to pay my way in college. And so I had some friends that were working in tech. And I'm like, you guys look like you're making good money. you know. And I'm just trying to make sure I can eat and pay my bills and everything right while I'm going to school. And so I got into the tech world in sales. And I, again, I mentioned I love people, but I didn't have a whole lot of experience, right? It was all, I mean, I did in sales, but not in this new world I was jumping into. So I got my foot in the door. I was pounding the phone, setting meetings for sales reps. And it was literally all kids from the Greek system at this tech company. It was an ERP company, not part of the kind of like massive four, but kind of the second tier. Mm -hmm. And I cut my teeth and it was a really good experience. And then I started to kind of move my way through and realize, okay, you know what? I really love this whole working with people and I want to keep doing that, but I want to kind of move my way up. And so I, I didn't have experience selling in technology. And this was in the dot boom era. So I go interview for a company. I, I don't have a lot of legs to stand on, but I figure, okay, you know what? I can't top numbers or anything like that. So I'll just tell my story. And nice. 
I'm figured, okay, you know, I've got tenacity and grit and I can learn and grow like, you know, and, and the miracle baby stuff and the Tourette's like, just give me a shot, right? Everyone gets their first shot from somebody. So maybe someone will send the ladder down for me. And so I, I met with like eight hiring managers and a bunch of other people in between. And every time I got to the end of my story, they all said the same thing. Well, that's a great story, but why should we hire you? Right. So I get to the end of this process, long day, and with my head down and my tail between my legs, and I didn't get the job. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm never going to talk about this again because I don't want to earn anything based on my what I looked at as a disability. Right. I want to earn everything on my own merit outside of that shell. You know, and really, there's only a couple of times before that that I ever talked about the Tourette's and the Miracle Baby stuff. And it was only if I thought it might help somebody some way. I passed by a classmate in high school. He was coming down. I was going up. I saw him do three twitches at one time. And I knew in an instant that he had Tourette's, Ruben. I knew it wow. in my mind. And I went home to my mom and I said, Mom, one of my classmates has Tourette's. I know it. Like, what can we do? Because I'm almost positive he has no idea what's wrong with him, right? or that there's something happening. He knows there's something weird and his parents must be freaking out. And so we went through a process and eventually got them to UCLA where I got diagnosed and was able to help, right? And I thought, wow, what an incredible gift I was given to be able to help someone else with mm -hmm. what, you know, what I didn't know in the beginning and then found out and so forth. So anyway, back to where I was in this kind of world of business, I never talked about it again. And I just start, you know, I'd start to go, I got into industries really early, the web analytics industry, when it was literally counters in the bottom of a web page, log files back then, the, the word ASP was a big thing, you know, it was like, it was so early. I, I got on the internet when it was green screens and chat rooms sitting in my mom's lap learning how to type. So I've been online since the very beginning. And in the early days of these industries, whether it be e-commerce, web analytics, pricing, just this whole interesting and fascinating world, web optimization. And so having done that, there was a lot of ev evangelizing that I would do because people <coughs> didn't not only understand what the technology was, they didn't even hear about any of this stuff before because it wasn't like Gartner and Forrester were talking about it yet. It was so early, right? But I'd go through that transition with those companies and, you know, many cases was a part of a number of exits, companies going public, companies falling down. So I've been through literally everything, the highs, the highs and the lowest the lows of the last 20 years, building and growing startups, whether that be selling directly or building and growing teams, being a part of those executive teams. And it's been an incredible experience, right? So now along that journey, and even while I was still in college, I found LinkedIn because I've been on LinkedIn every day come December for 16 years. LinkedIn was a year old when I joined. There were a million people on the platform already at that time. And I had seen what was happening with Facebook and with MySpace, how MySpace was basically morphing, uh, or I'm sorry, you, uh, Facebook was morphing MySpace. And MySpace basically fell by the wayside, right? Until they tried to revive it with Justin Timberlake and some others that got involved. So, but, but I figured, you know what? This LinkedIn thing is really different. There's nobody doing what they're doing. And a million people in just a year, there's legs to this. So I said, I've got to be all in. I just had this intuition. I've got to be all in. And I don't think it's going to go away. The thing is, back then, it was just a digital resume and a place to look for a job. Right. Right. So you didn't really know. There was no way to communicate. There was no way to engage. You could hit this connect button. And 
and you could put a resume on there and you could search for companies to kind of look for a job. But that was it. As I was talking about this journey in my life and I found LinkedIn, it wasn't about business for me. My mission, my why in life is to inspire one person a day. And I looked at LinkedIn going, this is the place that I need to do this. I didn't get on any of the other platforms. I just, I went all in right here. I was on Facebook, but that was for family and friends and reconnecting and such. I have the ability to maybe affect another human being's life in a positive way, right? So totally, if yeah. I could inspire somebody to chase after their dreams or get up after they've fallen 50,000 times and do it again, knowing that is succeeding, whether they reach that goal that they're trying to accomplish, right? That, that they are doing that or put a smile on somebody's face when they don't have one or make somebody feel good about themselves when they don't, because we all have crap days, right? Any one of those things, or maybe even inspire someone to inspire somebody else. Just one of those things for one person a day, I've accomplished my mission as a human being to make the world a better place. And yes, I'm involved in lots of things. I'm on boards. I advise startups and founders. I speak around all over the globe. I've co-founded companies, you know, but this is a part of my heart. It's like being a daddy, right? Like I have a 19 year old who's a first year in college and I have a son who's a, a junior in high school and, you know, and my amazing wife, like family is everything to me. And I've always kept that front and center throughout my entire journey. And I've turned down so many opportunities throughout my life because I think we learn from both the good and the not good, right? Those things we go, yeah, no, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. This is what I want. And, and I looked at my mom and said, I want to be in my mom and dad form. Like, I, I want to be there. I don't want to miss a thing. And I think we have reminders along the way of our journey, too, in life. You know, it's interesting. I, I had a boss early on in my career in the web analytics industry, and I had sat down in his office, and he was the best of the best at what we did. Like, I wanted to be him. I looked up to him and said, wow, take me under your wing, Obi-Wan. Like, I just, I want to learn everything <laughs> I can from you. And we had started to build this great relationship, you know, and, and as a mentor, you know, he said, look, I can take you down two paths, right? I can take you down the path I went and you'll make more money than you ever dreamed, but you're going to miss five years of your family's lives, your kids' lives. Or I can take you down this path. And he knew me well enough to know where I was going to go. But like every great mentor, you put it out there and you support and your decisions, it's all your decisions. He said, but you can go down this way. And you'll make great money. You'll be able to take care and support your family because I know that's so important to you, but you won't miss anything. Mm. And I did. I went down that path. And he still took me under his wing and I learned so much and continued to grow. And, and as throughout my whole journey, you know, just grew. But that was something that, again, it put another reminder in my head along the way. And I turned down so many opportunities because I didn't want to miss anything. And, and it's interesting, Ruben, because I, I got really, really good along the way at what I did, but I didn't want to be away from my family, or at least not for extended periods of time. So I would get to the point where I could close business of hundreds of thousands of dollars of deals over the phone without actually meeting in person. Because I got, I got really good about this, right? Like yeah. I may not be able to see you, but we could hear each other. And I cared about people as human beings. You know, it wasn't about, yes, I'm gonna help make you money or save you money or save you time, but it was more the, how can I help you personally? Like, I wanna help get you to your family earlier home, or I wanna help you get to the next point in life, or maybe I can introduce you to somebody, or maybe I can help you some way, right? And, and it was really meaningful to me. And, and that's why I loved what I did, because it wasn't about sales. It was just, how can I help this person, you know? But so just a, just a quick question on the blue pill and the red pill. When you chose the path of work-life balance or however you want to describe it, what was the distinction at that point? Was it to dive deep into you know, startups and 
you know, do the 14 hour days or whether it was it to be, you know, become a personality and become an educator, speaker, someone with more balance? What, what was that distinction? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, again, with LinkedIn, it was about inspiration for me. I wasn't thinking about building a brand. I wasn't thinking about, you know, speaking. I mean, I was already speaking in the industries that I lived in, right? I wasn't thinking about it in any other way outside of this is business stuff, right? But family was always front and center. And I'm, I put my heart into everything. I love startups for all that they are. I love the grind. I love the people. I love the lows because I'm that guy in a company in a startup world where things are just wild, wild west and bananas when things are at a really low, low point And I go, we can do this. I've been through some of this. I know we can do this. We've got the right people. We've got the right products, the solutions, the mix. And it's all about the people because without the people, you have nothing. That was fun for me through all the hard, right? It was fun for me and, and through, through all of it. But again, LinkedIn was peppered throughout this entire journey. And I wasn't looking at it as I want to build this brand. I, I need to show. It was I just I'm going to share quote and then video happened, right? And I'd share knowledge industry because that kept me present. And I kept building and growing my network, which was all industry related that I was in. And just how can I help these people, right? So I'll share information. They can come to me to help get that to them. And I'm sharing quotes. And I mean, honestly, Ruben, like the quotes alone, if all I did was just show up and just shared quotes, I'd close so much business from just that because I was mm -hmm. inspiring people and I was lifting people up in ways I didn't understand. And they'd reach out and go, wow, you know, hey, Brian, you know, we've been connected for a while. This was a head of legal at a three letter retail oriented product company that everyone knows. And he says, hey, you know, we've been connected for a while, but I just wanted to let you know, I love these quotes you're putting out. I do. I do a lot of that, too. If you're ever in my neck of the woods, let me know. I'd love to take you to lunch. It was totally out of the blue. Right. And a lot of that would happen globally. And again, I'd close a lot of business just because I was showing up. It wasn't about business. That's the thing I think people don't understand is if you show up and be human and care about others and help others and lift people up, everything else happens on its own. So that transitions us to LinkedIn video. And LinkedIn video is just two years old. In alpha, June of 2017, it launched. And I saw it pop up on my phone and I'm like, you're out of your ever loving mind. There's no way I'm popping up. I'm going to do this because I've never done that before. It was all brand new. You'd never put a video on the internet of yourself or? No, no. And I had never taken my phone and take video of myself. I was always on the other side shooting my kids or when I was a kid, I did growing up in LA, I, I did do some modeling. I was on TV for a little bit, and, but I wasn't controlling that. Like okay. it was out of my hands. This was oh, I get it. I all get it. me, right? So the first thing I thought in my mind when I saw it was, what if my Tourette's come out? Like what uh -huh. kind of video is that going to be? Because I was still thinking, Ruben, I'm the weird kid and mm -hmm. I'm disabled or different and I don't want to be different. I don't want to be, I don't want to shine a light on this. I didn't look at it as a superpower. I just said, yeah, no. And so five months, five months it took me to muster up the courage and take the leap. But here's why. So when video launched, there was a hashtag that kind of launched at the same time called Let's Get Honest. And it was Manu Goswami, also known as Swish. Uh, Authentic Alex in London, uh, Michaela Alexis, and some other folks that had kind of jumped in to do this. And that's how we all started on video, all of us pioneers back then, these hashtag campaigns. And this was really, really inspiring because it was all about 
it broke the LinkedIn mold, Ruben. Like, and, and I had been on for so long, right? The suit, if you will, that we were showing up in, the business speak we were showing up as because we felt we had to conform. This broke it. I don't want to say kids, but I'm like 20 years older than most of these folks. And, and I was so inspired, not only because it was a younger generation, but because of what they were sharing. They oh, were yeah. talking about fears and failures and speech impediments, agoraphobia, rape. I mean, stuff you were just going, oh, my God, they're pouring out their hearts in a place that you would never have expected this to happen. And people started to lift their heads up and people started to rise up in front of the camera and were sharing their voices and their stories. And I was so inspired. While I was terrified, I knew that when I did eventually take the leap, I wanted to share my story for the first time. And I did. And it was in front of 500 million people. And I was scared to death. And it was I always say like it was horrible. I mean, I was looking off camera most of the time and and, you know, it just I was so uncomfortable, Ruben, so uncomfortable because I didn't know what I was doing. And the LinkedIn video icon had popped up and off and on and off throughout these five months. And every time it came up because I'd update my app and every time it, it disappeared, I was like, oh, man. And then it would pop back and I'd be like, oh, no way. Like, <laughs> I was having this internal battle with myself of I should do it. I shouldn't do it. I should do it. And having come from the startup world where I had always taken the leap and that risk and knew I have no idea where this is going to go. It could fall apart tomorrow. And OK, I'm going to learn something and I'm going to grow, but I got to do it because yeah. I don't want to go back and go, what if I didn't? I, what if what if I don't want to say what if I want to just take it. And I thought to myself, okay, you know what? That's what this is. It's one more, just go for it. It's like another startup. What's the worst right. thing that happens? I learn, I grow, I move on. Okay. So there's no losing at all. I'm always going to win because I'm always going to learn and I'm always going to grow. So I took the leap. I was getting ready to go on a business trip for four days. I was going to be in meetings all day, social meetings at night. I'd have no time, but Goldie ha had reached out to me. My friend Goldie, green hair on LinkedIn, you'd, you'd know her if you saw her. Oh, videos, yeah. One of the early creators. Yeah. And she said, hey, jump in this campaign we're doing. It's called hashtag five videos. You're brand new to video. Make five videos, one a day in a row. And I said, well, here's the thing. I had access, but it disappeared. So she sends a note to the LinkedIn team, reaches back and goes, hey, with a screenshot that says he'll be lit back up tonight or tomorrow. And basically her note with it was no excuses with a smiley face. Nice. And I'm like, Okay, so her hair was green back then, too. She hasn't changed that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I'm like, okay, I, I got to go. I got to do this. And so I reached out to my friend Amy Blaska, who's my wonder twin. And I'm like, Amy, you've been making videos. Like, literally, how do I do this? I don't even know that there's apps that exist. I'm like, how, where do I look? What do I do? Just give me a little, like, guiding. And so I, I have iPhone. And she just said, look, I've been using this app called Clips. It's really easy. Yeah, uh, it does, you know, screen captioning and you put some it's stickers great. and it's just it's simple. And so she sent me a little link and I'm like, OK, I can figure this out. So I make the video and I post it and I'm terrified because I don't know what anyone's going to say. And I didn't look at it. And then that night I started to look a little bit. All the love and the support and the encouragement that came from me mustering up the courage to be brave and to mm -hmm. share my story at that time in front of 500 million people for the first time, it meant everything to me, Ruben. Like it meant the world to me because I need to give that out to anyone and everyone I see hopping on video, all of us early pioneers, because there wasn't many of us at that time. And, and just support everyone as much as I can.
And so I get in my car the next day. I'm at the airport. I must have done eight or 10 takes. And eventually I almost missed my flight. I had to hit post. And then I made the next two from my room in my hotel, like one in the morning. I changed my clothes because I thought I don't want people to know I'm making the video on the same night. This is how in my head I was. <laughs> uh, and, and, right. I, and I make I make my last video on Saturday when I get home and I post it. And I reach out to Goldie and Mike Morgan and Bahad Muhammad. And I say, guys, thank you so much for pushing me and for supporting me. Most importantly, my friend Fiona Young in Hong Kong, she was really supportive too, was just getting started. And it was the start of my journey. Now, fast forward there were all these hashtag campaigns going on and, 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 you know, we'd call each other out or whatever. And, and that got me going. Cause again, I was really, really uncomfortable. And you could tell if you go back and watch, cause I've chronologued my journey. I have an article on LinkedIn that's called, this is LinkedIn video. And it broke cause it wasn't meant to house all the links, but it takes you through the early part of my journey and you can feel it. You can kind of feel the angst and, and all that. And I got to a point where I said, Oh my God, what am I going to do when these hashtag campaigns stop? Oh yeah. And I started to look at all my peers and go, I don't have Goldie's green hair. I don't have Toph in Australia's accent. I don't have Kurt's beard. I, I'm like, what's my thing? I don't know who I am. I'm like, who am I? Right. And I didn't want to stop because I gotten this while well, I'm really uncomfortable getting comfortable being uncomfortable. I don't want to lose the momentum because I was afraid if I stopped, I wouldn't start again. And I had this weird epiphany. I said, all I have to do is show up the same way I've been showing up on LinkedIn for the last, whatever, 14 or years, just on video. I just need to be the me that is me on video. And I had to figure out how to do that. Because staring at myself on the screen or staring at the dot was just so weird for me, right? So I started to kind of do that and slowly but surely realized, okay, this is just it. I love bringing people together. I love inspiring people. I love being positive. I use my hands a lot. I, I just got to do that. And then I started my own hashtag campaign and got people involved. And I was one of the very first collaborators, bring people together in a video. It was New Year's Eve. And I'm sitting here going, you know what? This would be really cool if I could get a bunch of us fellow creators together. By the way, we didn't know each other. We knew each other from video. But none of us really talked to each other at all. And, and I bet that word creator wasn't really popularized back then. It was probably not. Yeah, not at all. We were just people <laughs> hopping on video, like making yeah. videos, right? Um, video personalities. That's probably what you, you all called each other. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like, hey, you want to make a video together or whatever? Right. And so I, I sent a DM to a bunch of creators and just said, I know this is crazy. And I know New Year's is right here, but... I thought it would be really cool if I got a bunch of us together to just say, Happy New Year, LinkedIn fam, mm. right? And the word LinkedIn fam, you see all over LinkedIn globally. Sonny Tanana and I joke because one of us created it and can't figure out who it was. And, and that's not really the important part. It's just, it's what it means to us. Like LinkedIn fam, we really are a family. Globally, everybody on LinkedIn, we are a family. And I, as I shared, you know, I jump in front of a train tracks for anybody because of this incredible bond and relationships that are built. I mean, it really is family. I found a family I never knew I had when I got on video. I found a voice I never knew I had when I got on video and it changed my life. LinkedIn's changed my life so many times along my journey, but video really made such an incredible impact on my heart uh, because of all the people. And so we made the video and I had to put it all together. And again, Ruben, Never done any of this before. So I literally spent thousands of hours over the last two years learning all this tech because I didn't know it. I didn't get mm -hmm. it. And as I did, 
I start, this is where I really lost the, I'm really uncomfortable part. And it was through the process of production. Like I fell in love with adding music and putting oh, yeah. it together and the people. And, and I, I started having fun and I didn't, I wasn't thinking about, oh my God, how long is this taking me? I was just lost in the process, right? And that's the best part is because it's all about the journey. It's not the end goal. It's going through that. And so it, this morphing happened, right? And I'd wind up at different events. I mean, I'm a LinkedIn local host, a founder of LinkedIn local, one of the co-founders of LinkedIn local San Diego. And I remember the very first night that we kicked off and Goldie came up from LA to support me and some other friends from LinkedIn that were in the area. And it was amazing. And I was going through a really rough time at that time. And it, that night changed everything for me because we were streaming on Facebook for like hours and we had the best time. It was so much fun. And so anyway, this journey of video, you know, I remember my first 50 and I made a video about LinkedIn video. What do you love about LinkedIn video? And I got 50 creators together in a multi-part series to share that. And I get to my 100th video and I still have this sitting in a file of like 50 different creators of what does LinkedIn fam mean to you? Because I wanted to create a series around what it really means to all of us because it's, it's really special. And I thought, well, I'll kick that off on my 100th video. I wasn't inspired. And that's the thing, right, is I've never made a video unless I've been inspired by something or someone. Otherwise, it's not genuine, authentic in me. And so I'm sitting there going, well, I'd saved images like of front screens from the video. And, you know, and, and I have all the copy and all the videos and whatnot. And I, and I just started to kind of put them together. And I'm like, you know, it'd be really cool because this journey has never been about anybody else. It was about me getting comfortable, getting uncomfortable, comfortable being uncomfortable one more time in my life, doing something brand new. And I wanted to look back. And so I downloaded some app and I put all the frames of 100 videos into, a, into an image. And I started to take moments because I had kept track of my journey along the way of how did I feel at this time? Goldie said, you'll start to feel a little bit less uncomfortable around 20 videos. And that was blowing my mind because I'm yeah. like, oh my God, I got to make 20 videos. Well, it's like what they say about doing stand up, you know, forget about your first hundred. Right. Get out there on a stage. Those don't count. That's just to get the kinks out and just to get the fear yes. out. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. And I'm not a stand-up guy at all. I've done it one time in my life, amazing. but that's what I've heard. <laughs> no, that's amazing, right? And I remember that moment, too. I was, I was behind the scene in a parade, a different one my son was doing, and I'm, there's horses and all sorts of crazy stuff. And I, I remember thanking everyone, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I feel a little bit less uncomfortable. So back to the 100, I'm just putting all this together in the journey. I'm putting some things on the screen, and I, I literally start crying as I'm making this thing, and I'm like... It was really emotional for me, you know, because I just kind of thought of it as, okay, well, every day is day one. I'll just, I'll just keep going, you know, and I'm in my head all along the way. Like, you know, if I kept all the outtakes that I had made, Ruben, I've had footage for five years, literally. But it was a moment, right? It's really important to capture the moments along the way to celebrate every moment, even those that you don't think are wins, because they really all are wins, you know. And just kind of kept going. And being on video, like, it's presented so many amazing opportunities to meet so many incredible human beings, you know. And then other opportunities to go and do speaking engagement. I was at VidCon for the our first year as LinkedIn. And VidCon is the largest video conference in the world. I had never heard about it before. And Goldie was like, yeah, we're going to go to VidCon. I'm going to put on this first ever LinkedIn Creator Summit. You know, you should come. It'll be incredible. And I'm like, yeah, this sounds amazing. 
And so we went, there was a bunch of us that were there and, and we come out of this creator summit Goldie did. And it was really, really cool. Just so many people from LinkedIn that were there. And, and by the way, everyone else that were there, it was YouTube and, you know, other platforms, right? Where people are typically showing up and you're known that these are video platforms. LinkedIn video was new to everybody that was there. They're like, what are you talking about? LinkedIn <laughs> resume or something, right? And so it was right. cool to talk to people about that. But we walk out, myself and Q, Quentin Ellums, and my friend Chantel Sumis was coming towards us, a fellow creator. And she's like, hey, you guys need to go next door. There's this, this thing going on. You got to go tell your story. And I'm like, well, what, what's, what's going on? She's like, Viacom is a pop-up and it's called Generation Change. And it's, what do you want the next generation to hear? She's like, you should go tell your story. I'm like, oh my God, okay. So Q and I walk next door and it's really dark. It's split off into two rooms. And one side, they have these huge white posters, right? And it says, hashtag Generation Change. And we said, okay, well, how does this work, right? Because there's not a lot of room here. They said, okay, write down what you stand for. And I put down differently abled and voiceless mm. uh, because I am differently abled and I was voiceless literally coming into the world, but then up until the point I got on LinkedIn video and we go next door and, and they said, okay, we signed the waiver and they said, okay, well, if you want to go get interviewed, go next door. And I'm sitting here going, yeah, no hard pass, no way, but I want to support Q because he's like my LinkedIn son. He always calls me his LinkedIn dad. So we go next door and, and they have this whole setup, which you would appreciate. Lights, camera, action, all that, and interviewer. And Allison Stoner, if you're familiar with Disney, Allison Stoner has, grew up as a Disney kid. And she was there before us. And she, it was really inspiring. She was sharing her story. And, and then she comes out and, and they said, okay, who's next? And I said, okay, cute, go. Because <laughs> I wasn't ready. I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't sure I was even going to do it, but I, I want to support my boy. So he was a little nervous. I'm like, dude, you got to crush it. Just go do your thing. I'll, I'll take some video and whatever, and you'll be awesome. You're good. I'm right here. And so he crushed it. He was awesome. And he comes out and, and I'm like, okay, look, I'm really terrified right now, but I feel like I need to do this for some reason. So he's like, I got you. And I went and I got in front of the lights and the guy, there was no rhyme or reason to the questions they were asking. I was trying to see if there was just a prep and there wasn't. So I'm standing there in front of these hot lights and he starts asking questions and then he gets his question. He says, you know, what do you want the next generation to hear? And Ruben, I felt like I was 13 years old again in the height of my Tourette's and going to myself, what would I want to hear? And I said, I started to share some of my story, you know, and I said that you matter and that you're important and that you have a voice and that you have a story. And I was really nervous and I walked out and I realized how crazy was that? What are the odds that Q and I walk out at that exact moment and Chantel walks towards us and says, hey, and like, you know, again, I, I mentioned the fact that I didn't think I had a voice or a story that mattered. I just thought my what I went through was life, you know, and, and as far as I was concerned, I just keep getting up and keep going. You know, I didn't know any better. I had support around me and it was really hard. All of it. I mean, nothing's ever come easy for me. That's a tremendous journey. I mean, there's some really key takeaways from hearing that. And a lot of things that I just completely connect to you on, on so many kind of spiritual levels. I mean, isn't it amazing and paradoxical and important how struggle, adversity, you know, the pressure that gets pushed against us to which we need to respond and fight back and push harder. That's what actually creates us. And that's what makes us who we are. And if we don't have that in our lives, then we don't end up to be our best self or our truest self. So it's like what you went through in your life at an early stage and then whatever you went through in the dot-com bust and you know, career-wise, trust me, I've been there. I was in the game since 1994. <laughs> so I know all about that. I was part of dot-com bust and that whole jazz. It was fun and crazy. 
Um, but if it weren't for all of those experiences, I would not be in this chair right now. I don't know where I'd be, maybe not alive, but it was because of that that kind of created who I am and allowed me to say, hey, you know what? I've got a voice. I've got something to tell. And I think that one of the most important things that I really connect to you on is that a lot of this ultimately, you know, with your why, it comes down to compassion, empathy, it really comes down to wanting to empower people to get to a better place, to jump to that next level, to overcome fears, to overcome adversity, and to find their voice. There was one thing that you mentioned that was kind of cool for me to hear. It's because, you know, there's this idea that to be a creator, to be a personality, to be an individual, you have to have something that's different or you have to look a certain way, you know, the green hair and the this and the that. And what's interesting about that is that every time that someone comes to the scene and says, I've got something to say and I'm going to say it in my own way, that becomes the new norm. You know, it used to be a guy in a suit or, you know, a woman well-dressed. Now it's people that are out in the go and that are, you know, documenting their life and just being honest and, and, you know, brutally honest and authentic. So that whole story, it really comes down to one single word, which is confidence. You know, when you finally get your confidence and you say, you know what, my story is relevant. There's an audience out there. It's just about doing it and doing what you did, which is to be on LinkedIn every day for 16 years. That's tremendous. So I applaud you. I applaud you for that. No, thank you, man. And taking the leap, right? I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, having the confidence to take the leap, or more I should say, having the bravery and courage to take the leap, that's the part that matters. Because mm-hmm. once you do that, you know, a lot of people will say, what's the big deal? It's just video, right? And it's not. It It's like any first in your life. It's the time you asked your partner to marry you. You weren't sure if he or she was going to say yes or no. Or, you know, it was that time you went to start your company and you were terrified of, was this going to work? Am I going to flop? What are people going to think? Am I going to go broke? You know, or whatever. It's any first in life. And when you take that step and you take the leap and know that, okay, to your point, Ruben, right? It's when we look back, right? We look back and go, I realized in my journey, especially after telling my story and sort of 500 million people on LinkedIn and all the podcasts and global radio shows and interviews and other shows and articles that I've been asked to be a part of, to share the same story, it's really funny because I've always said, I'm like, in early part, I was like, I literally just told this story to this person. You can listen to this podcast or go watch this show or whatever. And they're like, yeah, but you're not understanding. I said, okay, explain it to me, please. Cause I feel like I'm just repeating myself and aren't people gonna get sick of that? They're like, well, think about it like this. When a movie comes out, there's a road show. They all go on different shows and radio shows and, and all that stuff. And they all basically sharing the same thing but it's not the same audience watching the same thing or listening to the same show at the same time. I said, okay, I get that. They said, so you sharing your story and using your voice and and bringing people along that journey, do it as much as you can Mm -hmm. because it's always going to be a different audience. And hey, you know what? Some of those people, they're going to love you so much. They want to hear it over and over and over again, and they're going to come along with you. And you said something else that's really important, Ruben. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you sound like. I was just sharing with someone this morning, a CEO at a company, and and I said, look, I want you to understand something. You don't have to be me to show up, meaning you don't have to have gone through what I've gone through in my life to have a story. I said, you have a story. You are the human being that you are today in life because of what you've been through in your life. No matter how bad or how what you may think is bland as it is, because the most important thing about this is relatability. We're human beings first. Someone on the other side doesn't have to have gone through what you went through to relate to what you're saying. Even you said it, you're like, 
man, I can relate to you on so many levels and a spiritual level and this, that, and whatever. Like you and I have already found so many connection points, right? We're both musicians. We have a love for that. We've both been through the startup world. Like we're both on LinkedIn. We're both on video. There's all so many connection points. Again, it's just being human. The most important part is knowing that as human beings, we all have a heart. And if you have a heart, you have a voice and you have a story. And it's that story, not business, it's the story about what you've been through in your life and what you're dealing, going through now in your journey. And people wanted to go through that. You fall in love with people through that. So anybody that's watching, anybody that's listening, like I, I just want you to know that here's me, a guy that never thought he had a voice or a story, went through a lot of struggle in life and realized that by sharing my story, forget struggle, we all struggle. But by sharing that, I realized that I'm able to impact other people by sharing that, right? And realizing that I do have a voice and a story and that it matters and not for me, for you. So that maybe one person will hear that message and go, yeah, wow, that's so inspiring. Like I can do this, I can get on video and you don't have to share your whole life, but share parts of your story and take people with you. Everybody loves to be a part of the journey, you know? But just in general, just to know that, hey, look, if I can do it, you can do it. You can. And you're not alone. We are all here to support, you know, LinkedIn, like I bleed blue and white because again, it's changed my life. And it's because of the people at the end of the day, we are all in the same playground in kindergarten and you're in the dirt playing with some, you know, wood chips and I'm on the slide and somebody else is on the swings and I'm just looking at you going, Hey, and I don't know your name. I don't know. You know, you're, you're a different color and race and background and me and none of that matters. All that matters is we're humans and we're in kindergarten. And at the end of the day, it's let's go riding on those three wheelers over there. Let's go have some fun. And you're like, hey, yeah, come on. That's what this is. It's not about anything else other than we're human first. And let's be there together and let's support one another and let's lift each other up. And if you do that and care about the fact that it is a community, I'm telling you, we're going to look back years from now, Ruben, and go, look at what we all did together. Like we're the most underplayed employees for a company we don't work for that's created the most amazing culture ever. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's funny. That's funny. It's, it's amazing. I always try to remind people of this. Actually, just today, just this morning, I was talking to Darius, our chief revenue officer, and he was telling me a story that there's a subscriber to Dub that actually, I think yesterday, wanted to cancel on their subscription. And when people want to cancel our subscription, you know, we listen. We're like, what went wrong? What happened? Our sticky rate is one of the highest in the industry. We have like a 96% stick rate, 4% churn rate. We're very proud of that. So whenever we hear that, we're like, what went wrong? Did we do something wrong? Was there an issue? Was there something with the tech? What happened, right? Did someone change jobs? So what we had realized and learned based on a short conversation was that this person was taking one video that they recorded, an evergreen video, and then they were broadcasting that to C-levels to try to pitch them on some tech services, right? So, you know, here this guy is thinking that he can kind of, quote unquote, game the system, record this one video, and then in a very sort of, I don't want to call it lazy, but just not pulling full heart into it and then trying to get results. I said, look, you know what? We totally understand where you're coming from. This is not the right platform for you. We respect if you want to leave, but... If you want to just take a coaching session with us for absolutely free, we will give you the best possible coaching that we can and tell you everything that we know within one hour. 
You know, would you be open-minded to that? Would you just listen? And the topic of that session is all about the personalization. It's all about not thinking about scale. It's not thinking about the million people out there that you want to convert. This, this idea of total addressable market that venture capitalists have popularized so much. That's not what it's about in, in the early days, especially, or even if you're an enterprise company. It's about changing the life of one person because that one person speaks to another person that speaks to another two and another four and another eight. And as you start to get that compounded interest and growth and demand for whatever it is you're doing, I guarantee you it's going to be it's going to be faster growing. It's going to be more sticky. Retention rate is going to be higher. Acquisition costs going to be lower than anything that you can do in a scaled situation, because it simply lacks the human connection. It lacks the human personalization component, the one to one. So what we always say is when you go live, when you record a video, when you put an asset out there, have one person in mind and actually go through the discipline and effort of sharing that link with them and saying, I actually created this for you. And everything else that you get is a residual benefit. The other followers, the other viewers, you know, as I've adopted this one philosophy, it's helped me so much in my career, the growth of our business. We don't do outbound anymore. It's all inbound. It's all brown brand. It's all word of mouth. And that all comes down to doing that one thing that youth said so eloquently, which is that your purpose, your why shout out to Simon Sinek, you know, it's to change the life of one person, to inspire one person. That's yeah. awesome. And it becomes a ripple effect, to your point. It yes. becomes a ripple effect, right? And I think everyone, right, from a founder to founder, we can relate to wanting to change the world, right? Okay, yes, but it happens one person at a time. Mm -hmm. Like, it literally happens one person at a time because of exactly what you just described. So a year ago, I left the company that I was at uh, that I helped build and grow for about four years at that time. And I had been helping Fortune executives over the years teach them how to show up on LinkedIn. This was pre-video too. And it didn't have anything with me being in the forefront. You know, I, I just hated people seeing them step on their own swords because with LinkedIn, it's the best kept secret on the planet when it comes to business because you are one click away from having a conversation literally with anyone that you ever want to do business with, from the founder to the funder to the chairman to the janitor and everybody in between. However, at the same time, you are one click away from killing any opportunity to be able to work with anybody. Because if you don't know how to connect with them, right. if you, I mean, salespeople are the worst offenders. And I, I say that with love because I've been in sales my entire life. You know, you're driven, you got, it's the next quarter, the next numbers, the next deal closed, the next acquisition, the next merger. Like, you know, no matter where you are in an organization, it's the next next, right? And if you focus on human first and the fact that, yes, people have to fall in love with you before they're going to listen to what you have to say. And yes, people do business with people they like, know, and trust. I wouldn't just walk up to you in a room and go, here, sign this contract. And you're like, I'm sorry, who the hell are you? How about we start with, hi, I'm Ruben. What's your name? Right. It building digital relationships is really hard for people to understand, especially on LinkedIn. And it's partially LinkedIn's fault because they glare the connect button in your face and people don't know what message gets sent, which says, I'd like you to add you to my network. Well, that's not personal, but there's a way to create a personal invite to send to anyone you connect with. Right. And there's a way to show up and engage with people and be human. And there's a way to get on video and just be you and not sell. Ruben, I've, I've made almost 500 videos on LinkedIn in the last two years. And I can count on one hand the number of times I've ever talked about business. <laughs> and, and what I want people to understand, this is really important, especially for LinkedIn, right? We've talked about the importance of being human, not talk about business, all that, right? Business showing up should be 10% of what you talk about. But I had, I had this weird thing. It was Miguel Forbes, the chairman of Forbes, 
had showed up on LinkedIn and we got together and did a collaboration, Goldie Spark, that it was great. And it was like one LinkedIn video tip. And LinkedIn actually shut his account down because they didn't know if it was him. He was getting such an influx of the, mm. I wanna be on 30 under 30, 40 under 40, all that stuff, right? And he, and he got verified on Instagram, but LinkedIn wouldn't verify him. And he's like, I'm out. And he came back and he did a post and he's like, you know, I left because of all this happening. And I realized that I needed to come back and it's because of creators like, and I was one of those people that he named. And I sat there going, I don't get it. I'm just showing up and having fun with other people and bringing people together. And, and it brought me back to remembering it's just about showing up and being human. And because no matter what, if you remember that LinkedIn, Facebook, any company ever created, it's all about the people. It's all about the community. It's all about the culture. It's just bringing people together. And if you do that, you're always going to succeed. Everything else will happen. I started my company, Voice Your Vibe, because it wasn't even meant to happen. It, it just happened because of this journey I was on. And, and when I left my last company, a, a very dear friend of mine, former client and confidant was like, so what's next for you? What are you going to do? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. He's like, dude, nobody does what you do the way you do on LinkedIn. Why have you not started your company yet? You have so many people to help. You've helped so many behind the scenes. And I did because I, I didn't need to be in front you're a LinkedIn expert and this, that. I didn't want that. It wasn't what it was about for me. I just wanted to help as many people as I could to get it because I knew what it could do for you. I knew the power of just being human with people, but to build those relationships and how they could really help you in your career. And that's happened so many times along the way. Like, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't want to charge people. I just want to help people. And, you know, I was helping founders and funders and just everybody across the board. And, and then it was this inflection point. And I truly believe everything happens for a reason. If it's meant to be, it'll be, and timing is everything. And this moment, we're sitting in his office, and he's like, tell me why you shouldn't do this right now. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I've done all this other stuff while I've been with companies just because it helped fill my heart. I was able to help a lot more than just the people here right? and be able to do other things. But he's like, well, okay, but now you've put your whole heart into this. What's stopping you? You're not afraid because, I mean, maybe you are, but you're not afraid because you look at all these things you've been through. Like you were afraid then, but you, you jumped, just jump, do it one more time, just go. And I bought some domains and I went home, filed my LLC and, and I called a friend of mine and I said, hey, I'm my friend, Lila Smith. She's a creator on LinkedIn, very dear friend of my heart. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm starting a company. She's like, oh my God, seriously, you're starting your company? Can you come fly to Dallas? I want to throw you a launch party. Oh, wow. I, that's what I said. I'm like, wait, what? You want to throw me a launch party? I said, the only parties I've ever had is my mom throwing me these really awesome birthday parties when I was a kid. I'm like, that's it. Like, I, I'm like, you really, you, she's like, can you get to Dallas? I said, Lila, I literally just filed my LLC. I, I have my kind of overlay, if you will. And cause I figured I'd wind up creating companies underneath, you know, and such. And, and I said, I don't have anything. She's like, do you have you? <laughs> I said, yeah. She's like, well, that's all you need. And Lila actually helped me come up with Voice Your Vibe. And it was just through conversation like we're having. And she was just poking a little bit like, you know, okay, you always say you had no voice coming into this world. And you're always saying your vibe attracts your tribe. And, you know, and we're just talking through it. And she had already kind of had it in her head. And she's like, Voice Your Vibe. And I said, oh, my God, that's literally my life story. I had no voice. I found my voice. I voiced my vibe. I found my tribe so many times along the way, right? especially when it came to video, my LinkedIn fam, 
and that was it. And I fly to Dallas. I'm sick as a dog, Ruben. I was, I tried to sleep it off and I couldn't get it out of my system. And I am like, I have to go. Like I, I need to go. And this is the first time Lila and I met face to face in person. This is a trend on LinkedIn, right? We build these amazing relationships. We get on video chats, we, you know, whatever. And we finally meet in person. It's like hugging for days, you know, and, and she, <laughs> she picks me up at the airport and it was this huge hug. And she's like, all right, let's get you some soup, some food, make you feel better. And I slept and we went around Dallas and it was so much fun. Got a bunch of friends together. And, and before the night of the launch party, I'm, I, I just, I needed to take a nap. I was so drawn. And a friend of mine sends me a note and says, hey, can we get together and chat? So here's the quick backstory. My friend, Mary Alice on the East Coast introduces me to this new friend, Denise. And she's like, hey, you guys would totally hit it off. Like you both kind of come from dealing with diversity growing up. And I thought you just would really connect. And I wanted to introduce you guys. She happens to be a writer and just very creative and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to. And she, she, she pings me and says, hey, can we chat? I'm like, well, I'm in Dallas. I'm in Dallas for my launch party that my friend is throwing me, but I have time. So yeah, if you don't mind me sniffling or sneezing the whole time, I'd love to chat. <laughs> and so we got on the phone and we talked for like an hour and a half, Ruben. It was just the most incredible conversation. Towards the end, she goes, so hey, look, I'm writing this piece and I'd love to just ask you some questions if you wouldn't mind. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, whatever you want, however I can help. And we get to the end and, and it's this great article around the disabilities in the workplace and leadership and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to help you. And, and so towards the end, she goes, you know, what, what, how would you like me to represent you? Whatever. I'm like, founder and CEO of Voice Survive. I didn't think about it. It was just, that was it. So we're at the launch party. I'm sitting at the table with some other founders and all of a sudden I get a text and I didn't have Denise's number on my phone yet. All I see is an article. It's a Forbes article. I'm like, okay, somebody's sending me something they want me to read. And I click on it and I see Denise's picture and I see Forbes and I'm starting to read it and I get down and there's this entire section of our conversation. Oh. I became a Forbes featured entrepreneur the night of my launch party and I'm sitting here going, what's happening right now? <laughs> and the, the power of just Mary Alice saying, hey, you've got to meet Denise. You guys would have so much in common, right? And then that happens. And so when we talk about the power of just people and conversations and building relationships, and again, the things that just happened, I went to LinkedIn Global, it was the largest, largest LinkedIn event in history, thousands of people, and I was a speaker, right? And I got to share my story and this journey about video and personal branding and, you know, all these things that have kind of just gone through, you know, along the way. And just all these great opportunities that have presented itself there's one that I can't announce yet, but I will on next Monday. It's a really big deal. It's a very special thing, and I am so honored to be involved. So keep an eye out for that. Again, I don't want to leak it yet because I told them I, I wouldn't. Speaking but, of which, give us your social handles just so that people have a website address, where they can find you on LinkedIn and so on. Yeah, so I have my domain, but I have not lit it up, and I really did it with purpose because my life is LinkedIn, and that's where people can find me. So. If you want to find me on LinkedIn, it's linkedin.com slash in slash Brian Shulman. You can search for the hashtag Voice Your Vibe. My company page, Voice Your Vibe, is on LinkedIn as well. And Voice Your Vibe, by the way, is all about teaching you how to tell a story that people will fall in love with on LinkedIn. I work with teams, brands, executives, and those people within the teams. Because I can tell you right now that there are two things that brands have always been challenged with, right? Every great brand that we know and love. It's not because we buy their products because of how much they cost. 
we, we, it makes us feel a certain way. And I feel that that heart feel and the true story really gets lost, especially companies that grow and they're much bigger than where they started. And it's just a different push, if you will, going forward. And they really need to get back to that. They need to get back to the heart of the why of their story. And it's not about, I want to be a billion dollar brand and I want to change the entire world. It's the story behind why do you want to change the world, right? There's a reason why you started your company, you know, Ruben. It's like, we all have those stories, right? That's the heart. That's the meat. That's what really grabs you, right? And that story should never die. It's the why of why you started. It's the why of why you truly keep going. And so I love working with leaders and helping them understand that and the power of empowering their people that they have voices and they are the biggest ambassadors and the most underutilized ambassadors on behalf of any brand, right? And how they can show up and as a natural byproduct, they're associated to the brand, right? You go to LinkedIn, I go to your profile, forget that you're the founder and CEO. I see Dub. You don't have to necessarily talk about Dub for me to know you're associated to it because the reality is when you show up on video and you're sharing your story about you know, how you had a broken home or how you broke your leg when you were seven and and yet you kept going because you wanted to be a baseball player, you know, whatever it is. Again, we all have a story to share. You're going to go and say, wow, what amazing video. I need to go and check Ruben out. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ruben's the founder and CEO of Dub. What does Dub do? Bam. You know, so there's always that natural association. And if each person were to show up knowing that they each have their own voice, their own vibe, and their own tribe. Showing up as Dub and sharing your videos, I may think Ruben... Because I know Ruben, but if I don't know Ruben, I'm not going to sit there and associate a human being or a group of human beings to that. However, if Ruben is showing up on video on his channel on LinkedIn, I see you, I hear you, I feel the vibe you're giving off to me, and I know you're associated to Dub. You don't even have to talk about that because I can check it out, right? So every one of the employees in a company, even if it's engineers who are really timid to do something like that, right? They all have their own voice, their own vibe, their own tribe. And that is so much more powerful than the brand itself showing up and doing your standard, typical years of advertising on video. That's not what people want to see on LinkedIn. They want to see you. They want to hear your voice and feel your vibe. And they'll know you're a part of that. And yeah, you can even show up and say, oh, I love Dub. I'm, a, I, you know, I'm an engineer at Dub. And this is why I love it. I love the people. I love that I can create. I love being a part of something. That's powerful, right? You don't even have to talk about the product. It's that person and why and the feels because that grabs us and says, yeah, I want to be a part of that. That makes me feel good, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is such an important thing. I think it's it's really a paradigm shift because this whole idea of persona-based branding and individuals actually representing companies, it changed the scene, you know, and it allowed smaller more nimble, leaner companies to come out, have voices, have, you know, personalities, stories to tell really and say, listen, this is who we are. We're human beings. And by the way, we're creating something that's going to, you know, change the world. And, uh, and I think that corporate America is really, they're kind of scrambling right now to catch up with this. Because if you go and you look on LinkedIn as an example, and you see what the ads are from, from large companies, maybe Fortune 500 companies, it's still the eBooks, it's still the webinars, it's still the very kind of corporate stuff that looks pristine and perfect. And I love that. And I did that stuff for, you know, five, six years of my life. But the stuff that gets the engagement is when you go and you put a video out and you talk about your story and your evolution. 
and you know those brutally honest moments and and sometimes it's the bloopers and sometimes it's the the not so typically you know corporate moments that really connect to us you know no it really is right and i mean if you even even if you think about within the companies right like you have your team you have your culture right you guys go out and do stuff together right that's that's you're building the bonds right and a lot of times that happens organically and then you'll also try and feed that beast right for the good it's that same thing. And you're so right. You know, we see it every single day. And, and with you, I'm with you. Like, I've been a part of all of that through the years as well from a corporate perspective. But the reality is, and this is why, again, this is why I am doing what I love and why I'm doing what I do is because, and why my company exists, is for that reason, Ruben. Because people look at LinkedIn, companies, no matter how big or how small they are, look at LinkedIn and go, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get how to show up. I don't. I see people showing up, and I don't understand. And maybe they haven't seen it yet, so they're sitting there going, "Oh, it's just a resume, a place to look for a job." Or maybe they're paying attention. They're like, "Okay, I don't understand. Like, people are showing up and dancing on LinkedIn. I don't get it. How, <laughs> is this Facebook? Like, what's going on right now? Right? They didn't see that paradigm shift that took place. They haven't seen this this digital transformation, this evolution that's happened just in the last two years. And the thing is, if you don't pay attention to it, if you don't start showing up and understanding that this is an engagement platform and that it is about the human connection, you're going to get left behind. So it's like learn. And that's why I love working with so many companies and brands and people and teams, because I want them to get it. I want them to understand and I want them to know that you can show up. There is a right way and there is a wrong way to show up. And if you remember that it's all about that human connection, right, and that consistency is key. I hate talking about myself, but I think it's important to share this because consistency is key to success. I am the most consistent creator on LinkedIn. And I only say that because I have not stopped sharing every single day in some form of creation, no matter where I am in the world, multiple times a day, but every single day since I've been on the platform. And you don't have to do that. That's not the point. The point is just like anything, when you build a brand, Every great brand that you love and know, whatever headphones you're wearing, I see, you know, you got ear pods, the others, you got, you know, you got some bongos behind you or a drum, like every great brand, it makes you feel a certain way and it doesn't just happen overnight. You got to try it out, right? Think about all the great companies. All right, try this out. We'll give it to you for free. Here's a trial for this subscription service. You try it out for a week or two. You know, I'm sure duh, you guys do that. You got to, here, test it out. Tell us what you think. If you love it, here you go. Here's what the services look like to pay for going forward. If you don't, that's okay too. Tell us where we lost you too so we know that because we really care about that. We want to get better, faster, stronger. We want to make sure the experience is the best it can be, right? But there's time in that. The same thing happens with showing up. You can't just show up and talk about business. People have to get to know you like you trust you, but they got to fall in love with you first. And there's consistency in that. Your consistency is what matters. Ruben could say, yeah, hey, you know what? I want to show up on LinkedIn. Okay, I'm going to start. I don't want to go full tilt boogie because then I'll get burnt out. But maybe I'll show up and make one video a week. And I'm going to say it's going to be Wednesday and I'm going to post it at 8 in the morning. Great. Stick with that. 8 a.m. every Wednesday, same bat time, same bat channel. Because when you do that, your tribe knows that's when you're going to show up. And you don't even know that you have a tribe. Everyone has a tribe waiting for you to show up. You just have to show up. And as you do, forget the algorithms, as you do, people will start to see you. And they're going to start vibing with you and be like, yeah, Ruben's cool. I love I love his hair and 
I love his vibe and I love what he talks about. I love what he stands for. I really love his story and where he comes from. And, and I'm digging this dub stuff, you know, what they're doing. And by the way, in each one of those scenarios, you're going to have a different tribe that shows up for each one of those things. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like maybe Ruben's a dad. Okay. I love when he shows up with his kids on the field for lacrosse and, and they just, just seeing them together. There's so many parents on LinkedIn, right? Like, so there's a relatability to that. So it, the more people that get that part, and just break it all down and, and forget the business social networking platform. Just be you and know that by being you, that underlying business part, that's for the good. Because you don't go on YouTube inherently and go, yeah, this is a business social networking platform. You don't go to Facebook and go, they morphed into that. LinkedIn started there. Right. It's just morphing the other way. Exactly. And I think that's the best thing about it is, and again, it's just helping people understand it's just backwards for them. They're used to seeing it go this way. Well, toilet bowl is flushing a different way. And you just have to understand how to get used to that. And if you do, the more you do and the more you show up, the easier the other stuff will happen. Because like I shared the example earlier, people will just show up and go, hey, I really, really loved what you did there. That quote really helped me or whatever. And and hey, by the way, let's talk. And you realize that's the founder and CEO of Dub, and this is what they do. And I actually need technology like that. You don't even know that. But because we have built that relationship first and connected in a way that you wouldn't normally expect to happen, that byproduct, like you're already down the cycle, like, and you didn't even know it happened. What is it? 80 or 90% of people are ready to buy before they get to you. This is the process. <laughs> right. Well, see, you know, but you know what the paradox to your earlier point is that in business, people have a goal. They need to sell, they need to support, they need to operate, they need to manage, they need to finance. They have something to do, and chances are there's some sort of a hierarchy, and there's some sort of a requirement that they continue to get that growth or um, efficiency, whatever it might be. So the survival instinct says, we need to go and pursue that right now. I need to go, I'm in sales, I need to go on LinkedIn, and I need to bombard 10 or 100 people per day and i need to say buy my shit yes <laughs> you know click on this link buy my stuff because that's where i'm coming from i'm coming from a place of survival i'm coming from a place of needing to accomplish my goals and that if and when i accomplish that goals then i feel satisfied and of course until i get my next goal right oh, um, yeah. but the the loss the debt i think that's incurred in this whole model and I, and I lived within that model for a long time of my life. And I was surrounded by people that did the same thing because as someone that's a technologist and trying to enable people for marketing and sales, I understand where they're coming from. But there is a debt associated with that. And when you look back six months, one year, two, three years later, and you say, you know what? What is it that I have to share? What was my voice? What was my story? What are the relationships that I built throughout that last chapter of my life? And if you say... All I did was send 100 messages to people and I just banked on the fact that I got two yeses and that's how I got my pipeline. Chances are that's not a sustainable situation. And I come from a place of love and I come from a place of compassion and empathy and say, there's a better way. It's about relationships. It's about connections. You know, yeah. and frankly, that's one of the biggest catalysts for us to create Dub. You know, for Dub, our idea is simple. Our idea is facilitate, enable, empower people to leverage video to be able to build relationships and to communicate. Stop sending text on LinkedIn, shoot a video right from the Chrome extension on LinkedIn. It's a one click, send them a webcam video. Use the Dub mobile app, record clips of your life, 
make it personal, include your bloopers, and send that to the person. Gmail, email, yes. whatever. It doesn't matter. Get a response back because it's about the conversations and it's about the No, it is, man. Like you, you hit the nail on the head for sure. Uh, and, and all those things, I mean, again, you and I, again, coming from very similar backgrounds, right? I mean, 14 years in that same scenario, it's like the next deal, the next prospect, the next quarter, right? And having been in sales throughout my whole career, right, it was always that. Don't necessarily think that, you know, it has to be the end all be all. It doesn't stop your marketing team from doing what they're doing. It doesn't stop your sales team from making the calls, from sending the emails. From There are tried and true things that are always going to work. However, you need to morph because the process and more importantly, people change. There are always better, faster ways to do things. And again, being in sales most of my career, having been on LinkedIn as long as I have, I will tell you again, showing up the way that I have, I've closed so much business just from showing up the way that I have. Sales guys, I was talking to a CEO. He was trying to get into Sprint. I said, okay, tell me about how you did it. Because he's like, I've never heard from the guy. I said, well, tell me how you did it. He said, well, I, I did send a personalized message. Said, okay, what did the message say? Mistake number one is what the message said to connect. And most salespeople are, and again, from my heart, worst offenders. All they do is hit the connect button or they personalize the message and they're selling right away. You can't do that. That's not it. Human first. Like I teach sales teams how to be able to connect physically, like connect on LinkedIn with every prospect they ever want to work with and how to immediately build a pipeline from that first and second connect point. Meaning I see you in a room, right? I walk up to you, we catch eyes and then I say, hi, right? I'm Brian, whatever. And you say, hi, I'm Ruben. And we start to chat, right? Well, the seeing you from across the room is, you checked out my profile, I checked out your profile. The invite connect is, hi, right? And then once we've connected, is then the conversation that you have. The challenge and or opportunity that exists is, one, most salespeople don't send personalized messages. Two, when they do, they're selling right away. And again, you kill any opportunity. And that's what this guy did with Sprint. So it's, your messaging is really important. And it has nothing to do with business because that's not where the relationships start. So the more people that get that, and I understand, again, I, I know the whip cracking. I know that that urge because they've been doing it the same way, calling prospects. Hi, I'm so-and-so with Dub and we do A, B, C, and D. It's a Charlie Brown teacher syndrome, right? Wah, 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 wah. And you try to get your message out as fast as you can and then get to a no as quickly as possible so you can get to a yes. This is a different way of doing that where you are able to create that pipeline. You are able to get to where you want to go. You're able to build that relationship and it doesn't start and stop there. It's front, it's back, it's in, in front of the, it's engaging in the comments. It's, it's how you connect on the back end. You know, it's, it's how you wind up meeting when you get together at events and all that. Emotional intelligence is such an important thing in business that is so lost across the entire organization. And you get it because you've already talked about it and how you've built your company and, and where you're getting and why you built a product, right? Because you're saying, hey, you need to be human and connect with people. Well, this is the part of that. It's not just this blob of a message. It's, it's hey, what's going on? I'm Ruben. I, I saw you on LinkedIn. I love your, you even said it. You're like, I love your videos. I love your vibe, whatever. It'd be great to connect. Like that's what is missing, especially in sales because they're being driven by their managers and their CEO and, and leadership that's going, you need five more deals in your pipe by next week go make it happen. What they're not saying is you need five more deals in your pipeline. Here's how I can help you do that. Let's go do it together and teach their folks 
a different way of doing this that not only helps them now, it sticks with them for life. Because if people do look at LinkedIn as not just, I need a new job now, or you know, I need this prospect now, it's not a short game, it's a long game, man. And the more people that get that and realize that this is gonna help you through your entire career and in life to meet people that will be a part of your life forever, and the importance of consistency and showing up and realizing it's a long game. This is work. It's work. It's like anything. It's work. You have to put in the time and invest in yourself to do it. You know, a lot, and, and that, I think, is the other part. That's the other hard part. A lot of creators have popped up, boomed, and then disappeared because they got burnt out. Or, quite honestly, many times it's because you get so sucked into the love, it affects your home life. Oh, and yeah. You got to make a choice and go, yeah, I mean, I just, that's something that's also not talked about a lot is, when you get into it and you get on and you're creating and you're, you know, you're engaging and all that. And how do you balance life? How do you balance home life, work life, other work <laughs> life, you know, whatever's involved, there is method to the madness. Um, and it's really important because while consistency is key, you need to understand your strategy and flow and how you're going to do that and make sure you're maintaining that healthy state of life at the same time, because it can consume you. Well, I have a funny experience about that actually from yesterday. <laughs> Uh, a little bit kind of embarrassing, but I was I was at the doctor's office with my daughter, with my wife. She just turned one year, Gia. She's an adorable sweetheart. And she was getting her shots, right? And I remember yeah. seeing this viral video. And it was this doctor, this kind of boisterous, really kind of whimsical doctor. And he was doing this thing to kind of distract the child from what they're about to get, which is the shot. I don't know if you've seen this video. So it was like poking around the body and this little song and this little dance to distract the child. And then, of course, he goes for the, the poke with the shot and the child has no idea what just happened because they right. were so distracted, right? So I was like, I saw that video and I want to do the same thing. A, because I don't want her to feel pain and B, because I want to record it. Yeah. <laughs> so I put, the, I put the phone on the wall and I'm like, all right, nurse, I got this. Wife, I got this. I'm going to take control over here. And everyone's looking at me like, wait, 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 wait what's going on? <laughs> Are you the doctor now? <laughs> And I said, look, I'm not going to do the poke, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the distraction. And I'm going to just make it so that she doesn't know what's coming, and then you just go for it. It was a total fail. It was hilariously wrong. And <laughs> at some point, my wife was like, what are you doing? Can you just <laughs> put that phone away and let our baby get the shots? <laughs> and I was yeah. like, you know what? I guess, I, I guess I'm going to have to now. And the nurse is looking at me like, uh, you know, this is not like a private practice. This is like Kaiser. You know, they have a, they have a model, right? <laughs> This isn't some like private practice doctor that's been, you know, doing his yeah. own stuff. So anyways, it was really funny. And then I realized, okay, you know what? Sometimes you just have to tune out, be mindful, focus on the real important things that are right in front of you and don't click that red record button. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Get it done, happens, you know? man. I can appreciate it too. I mean, we've been, anyone that's, you know, a creator of any kind, I think you can appreciate that. I will say to the other end of that, right? It's also to remember that, the moments that happen around us, the journey that happens around us, you have the ability to capture that. Because a lot of times folks will go, well, I don't know what to talk about. Like, what, mm -hmm. what do I, you know, and that is a big one for more creators that are down the line, as well as newbies. You know, you get burnt out and you're like, oh, God, I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. I need to talk about something else. And I remind them, look, here it is. You're literally getting ready to go talk in an event on the other side of the world. Here's what you do. Capture it before you're getting ready to pack. Boom, I'm packing, I'm getting ready to go on my journey. Boom, I'm in the car, I'm getting ready to go to the airport, here we go. I'm on the plane, you get off the plane. I'm here, I'm so excited, you get to the event. 
here's the venue, you get off stage. Oh my God, that was amazing, right? And you put it all together, right? And it captures your journey and they're just all little bites. But I mean, I think it's easy to get in our heads, right? Your example is a great one, right? It's like, oh, that was really cool. Maybe I can do that too. And, and people will totally appreciate it in different ways. And then, oh, epic fail. But it wasn't a fail, dude. It wasn't, it wasn't a fail because you had a moment and you're like, okay, this wasn't the right moment. Uh, so <laughs> it was a I grounding moment. <laughs> right. I mean, and it was though, like it was, you got something from it. Right. So I think, I think no matter what, if you remember that, that you get something from it and the bloopers are great. You love it. I know I do too. Like the bloopers are amazing because that makes it everybody help understand that we're all human. If you just show finished product all the time, you're not helping all those people that are just starting or even that screw up along the way to go. Yeah, come on. I mean, I throw bloopers in my videos anywhere I can because I want people to to see, hey, look, yeah, I may have made almost 500 videos, but I still have issues. Like, I still mess up. And those are the best parts a lot of times. It's like you laugh at yourself and people laugh with you and go, oh, God, yeah, hey, hey, I can do that, too. They screw up. I can screw up. It's okay. And I can share my screw ups because they're actually good and they'll help somebody else to do the same thing. You know what I think there's a, a big shortage of? It's this acceptance. It's this idea that... When we watch videos, when we consume content for business, it's not just about the knowledge. It's not just about the information of the business. It's actually about entertainment. Yes. It's about inspiration. It's about motivation. And it's about stories of the human experience, you know? You and a lot of people talk about that. They say, you know, corporate America, enterprise folks are like, no, 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 we, we got to keep this really corporate. You know, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get approved if I have the bloopers or the this or the that, you know? And I always say, look, knowledge and information about specific categories at some point you're going to exhaust all the information you're going to share everything that you can possibly share about it you know barring some fixes or updates or kind of evolutions of it people are going to have heard and learned everything that you possibly want to say if they can actually get through it most of the time they'll just get bored right but yeah. what there is a limitless factor of is the human story you know entertainment connecting to people Watching someone, you know, trip while they're trying to record on their camera on a on a step, and then fall on their face <laughs> and crack the lens and just get up and laugh about it. I've done that, you know. Yeah. And it's those stories that those never get old to me, you know. I mean, this is why we have viral videos on the internet. But I think there's a nuance and there's a way to do it tactfully in business. You know, I applaud you for being an evangelist of that. You know, I, I want to actually include you. And we have a dub partnership program and it's something kind of a new effort that we're doing. And I, I would actually love to invite you to that as one of our partners, because we have enterprise folks to come to us and say, listen, we want to sell. We've got tons of sales materials. We've got great looking offices, but we just don't know what to say and how to say it. And the some people that actually do go do it. They don't know how to evangelize it to the other folks because they have their own goals. So, you know, I'd love to, we'll have to talk about that at some other point, but I'd love to include you as part of our little tribe to be a helpful resource to the companies that we're in touch with. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. We'll definitely talk about it in other conversations for sure. But, but your example is great. Like the, the walking with the camera and stop, you know, falling and whatever. I mean, think about that video of, uh, and anybody in, anybody can relate to this that's at any company that's ever had a conference call. I'm sure you've seen the viral video on YouTube of, there's like a couple of people sitting in a room and it's the visual version of what's happening. Oh, hey, Bob. Yep. How's your day? Do you have lunch? Yep. And beep. Oh, it sounds like someone just joined. And then there's like, can you put yourself on mute, please? Like, but it's visually, right? It's like people walking into the room doing the right. actual acting out of what right. happens on calls. And it went bananas, right? I mean, and, and I think it was actually for 
I don't remember if it was or not. If it wasn't, it should have been for one of these services that's a conference calling company, right? Is this you? We help fix these problems. Like that would have been brilliant. But that's the thing, right? Again, it's just human. And if you think about all the relatable experiences, that's again, I think that's the most lost part is just not. And I've come from enterprise my whole career. So I, I get it. And I'm with you. It's you're used to this is the way it gets done. This is the steps that you take. This is the way that you market. You go to the conferences, you meet people, you exchange cards, you put it in your CRM. Here's the leads. They get dispersed. You know, OK, but add the human connection, all that. Add fun to it. It makes you memorable. Right. You be like, oh, my God, that was hilarious. Did you see that ad that this, this company did for, you know, whatever? It's like Chick-fil-A. Right. Chick-fil-A came out with these brand new sandwiches. Was it Chick? No, it wasn't Chick-fil-A. It was Popeyes. 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 It right? went viral. Right? Popeyes. I mean, what brilliant marketing. It wasn't the initial part. They sold out of their sandwiches. It was the after part they did. And yeah. they said, they put this ad out and they're like, it was a pieces of their chicken. And it says, BYOB, bring your own bun. Sorry, we sold out. Bring your own bun. Get this and bring your own bun. Like, brilliant. You know, <laughs> it's a brilliant way for them to kind of follow through on, oops, we fell short. It did better than we thought. Let's, let's add some humor to it, right? Well, I mean, that goes back to the, you know, the self-deprecation and the kind of taking opportunities of awkwardness and weirdness and, you know, whatever else, and actually flipping those around to become an asset and to become a story, because those are my favorite. Most of the times, it's very creative people, which is, I think, the most important asset that we all can have right now, which is creativity. It's taking that, those moments in life where you're like, oh, crap, and then flipping that around and then turning that into the biggest opportunity. There's this funny story that I learned in grad school where the Chinese symbol for, it was previously thought that the Chinese symbol for crisis was the same as opportunity. In fact, it's not. They're very different characters in the Chinese written language, but people adopted that and they realized that makes a lot of sense. And this is a really easy way to convey it because in this old ancient language, it makes sense. Now, even though it's not, I still believe in that. And I believe that the, that the sign for crisis is the sign for opportunity. It's just a mindset. You oh, know? so much, man. Life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it. There was always an opportunity in every challenge that exists. And if you remember that, you can always turn it for the good and remembering that you never lose. You either win or you learn. You always learn. So you always win. So, and that's the same, you know, if you talk about creativity and I'm so with you on that. I think as we grow up, right, from childhood to adults, as kids, our eyes are starried and we're like, wow, anything is possible. I want to be the president of the United States. I want to go fly in a rocket ship. I want to Right. All these things. It, there's no box around you. It's, and we collectively, right, foster that in kids. Right. Why do we not continue to foster that throughout the whole way? We get jaded potentially along the way in that journey. And it's like, you know, we lose that childlike curiosity and creativity in us. And I I don't know. I love to bring that back. I, I think it's so important. And I know you foster that, too. I can feel it where it's like, hey, you know what? Let's get creative. You got something weird, new, fun. Let's talk it out, right? Because that's different and it's unexpected. And, and those are the things that I think are great. You don't want to see the same thing over and over and over again. You, you want to experience something new and creative. I, I mentioned Chick-fil-A, right? I mean, they're another great example where you, they have these massive billboards, right? You see this brush paint writing. It's like two cows on each other that look like they're writing it, talking about, you know, no, you got to eat chicken, meat, you know, beef's old hat, you know, whatever, like brilliant marketing. It makes you laugh. 
and you remember it, right? And that's what it's about is being memorable. So no matter what you do, no matter what job you have, what company you work for, whatever, it's at the end of the day, it's how are these companies going to remember me? And all marketing is good marketing because it makes you memorable. The key is put the human element into it. And it, it again, it changes everything. So... So, okay, so here's one for you. So, you know, we remember the Wendy's commercial, Where's the Beef? You know, we remember the, yeah. the, the Popeye spin, you know, the Burger King. They had a really good one. I forgot what it was. You know, McDonald's has done their thing. Got Milk was a really great campaign. You know, there's yeah. been some amazing food and beverage CPG campaigns oh, yeah. that have changed brands. Coca-Cola has done it 100 times. Pepsi, you know, the Coke Pepsi challenge. So here's one for you. Yeah. What is it going to be? Because I'm a big advocate, actually, of alternative meats, you know, vegan meats, because that's, I mean, you've seen some of the stock prices of Beyond Meat and Impossible. Oh, yeah. going crazy. Every major kind of fast food chain is now adopting this, Fat Burger, Carl's, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my thing, because I haven't seen this yet, I've seen it for oat milk, but I have not yet seen it for vegan meat. And what I'm patiently waiting for is that when one of those companies, the Beyond, the Impossible, one of those guys says, you know what, this is the campaign. And when we drop this, and the word of the day is human, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the word of the day is human, right? So, yeah. you know, I'm just curious as hell as to see what that campaign is going to be because I'm just going to be sitting back and I'm going to be like, you know what? I was waiting for that to come. And, no, I'm uh, with you. You know, the, the, the animals, the cattle, and the chickens are going to be psyched. Yeah, no doubt, right? And there, maybe that's it, right? Maybe that's it. Literally, it's character-oriented. <laughs> And you've got cows and chickens, like every animal imaginable, all in this like corral. And all of a sudden, it's like, boom. And they're all talking to each other going, well, it finally happened. happened? <laughs> We're no longer getting eaten. Like, you know, whatever. <laughs> and they're trying. They're trying. I mean, I'm with you. And I've seen them. Like, all of, And they've, they've done some commercials. And they're human-oriented, right? It's like, they give them a, Carl's does it. You know, like, give them a burger. They're like, how does it taste? This tastes great. That's not meat. Are you kidding right now? Right. Like you're trying to do that? Yes. I'm but without, without Paris Hilton, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> no, they're taking people off the street, per se, right. right? They're like, try this. And I think that's good. I think that's important as long as it's real. It's not paid. But I'm curious to see the creativity, kind of like some of these other brands have done, of what they'll do. And I'm waiting for a funny one. Like, I'm waiting for a funny one that'll really let us go. We're going to go... Now that's good, right? And you remember it and maybe even gets you to go, yeah, I'm going to have to try that out. Because I've had it happen. Like, I love Fat Burger. Grew up in LA eating Fat Burger. Uh, and I've, you know, The Impossible, et cetera. And, I'm, and I see it and I'm like, yeah, no, I, because I love meat. I do. I'm just like, I, I can't, I can't do it. I'm just, that, that thing in the back of my head going, is it really going to taste the same? Right. But, but <laughs> But there'll be something that'll grab me, right, to your point. There'll be some advertising, some marketing, something that's like they want to flip the naysayers per se, right? They want to go, we're going to get you. So here, right? Like maybe it's even some campaign like we're going to give you this burger for free. You're a naysayer. Great. Do me a favor. Make a quick video saying, yeah, I love Fat Burger and this is the way I've always gone but I'm going to give this a shot because you're telling me you're going to give it to me for you to taste that. And if I like it, I'm going to let people know that I do. And, and it's that whole flip the script kind of scenario. Maybe that's what it is. You know, who knows? I mean, but it'll be interesting to see nonetheless. Speaking of Fatburger, I mean, what I love that done is actually before they had this very 
meat focus, very alpha. You know, if you eat tofu, you're lame. If you do yoga, you're lame. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, I think they realize, well, not only is there profit in this, but there's purpose too, right? Oh, yeah. And then they kind of now offer that. I think it's according to the one near where I live in Universal City. Um, that's their most selling burger, as a matter of fact. Their most selling burger. At least that's oh, according to what that. the guy told me. The impossible, right? So, I get but it. with that, because of location. It, well, yeah, exactly. Because of the LA vibe and the kind of the coastal thing. Totally get that. But what's interesting is that that's a company that's evolved. That's a company that's listened to people and that have understood that people are evolving, people are changing, their demands, their desires, oh, they're yeah. all morphing, you know? And yeah, I think that from, it's a great takeaway, yeah. Typical burger and fry and shake scenario, you know, if you will. And then they brought in sweet potato fries. And then they brought in, right, the impossible. They've listened. And I think those brands, that's a good key just in general. It doesn't matter what company it is, right? If brands don't listen, and I've seen it in every industry I've been a part of, and they just stick to the old, they're going to be gone. And I've seen it happen. If you don't morph, if you don't translate and pay attention, put your listening ears on, your social listening ears too, and pay attention to what's happening in the market, especially in terms of your competitors, if they're shifting, and you see a couple of them actually doing the same thing, if you don't get in that game and shift, it's okay to flop. But if you don't become a part of it, you're going to become an old fact. You're going to become forgotten. You've got to be able to watch and pivot accordingly because the reality is if you don't pivot as a company, because it always happens no matter how big or small, if, if you're a company that wants to stick around in any industry, you have to, yes, choose, stay true to your story, but pivot in your journey, just like we're talking about in terms of the, the impossible, if you will, burgers, the vegan route, right? Like we are becoming as humans much more cognizant of our intake, right? That's not to say that it hasn't always been that way. Hell, Amway has been around forever. And their whole approach of natural and all that, people weren't feeling that game for a long time, you know? And now you have all these different brands, very well-known brands that are very hard pushing the everything in here is natural and it's organic and, you know, it, it's branded that way versus the way we've all seen before. So... It's really cool, I think, just in general, just to see the evolution of what's happening across brands, across products, across services, and how they're changing, at least the ones that want to stick around, how they're changing. Exactly. So leave us some kind of key takeaways. What's the two, three things that we need to start doing all as brands, as personalities, as individuals, as storytellers? You know, you mentioned early in the conversation that the, the two paths that your boss had given you, you know, give us our two paths, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, yeah, great question. The most important thing I can tell anybody that is watching and or hearing this, get on LinkedIn. It is not what you thought it used to be. There are 655 million business professionals on this platform and growing. Anyone and everyone you ever want to do business with is there. 250 million that are quote unquote active and only 1% that's creating content. As an individual, as a brand, you have the most ridiculously organic opportunity to show up now because it's still early, only two years into video. So show up, pay attention to what's going on, support others, support other brands, support other creators that are showing up it's very easy to see who's there and who's continuing to be there. Like, you know who the pioneers are. You know the ones that are just showing up. Support anyone and everyone that you can because it's, it's essential from a community perspective. It's essential for you and your longevity. Love that. that. 
the most important thing is no, it's not the same. It's changed. You can show up. You can be human. You can have fun. You can bring people together. And if you talk about community, if you are about community, if you be community and rally around the people, you're going to succeed. And again, just be human, be genuine, authentic in you. It's okay if you're uncomfortable. It's okay to be vulnerable, but show up. And hey, look, if you're a brand or you're a company or you're an individual, you're an executive, whatever, and you want to figure out how to do it, I'm happy to help. My company's happy to help. Um, and I've got a Calendly link. It's calendly.com slash voice your vibe. You can schedule time just like we did. You can schedule time. And I'd be happy to have a free conversation together to be able to just kind of strategize a little bit, talk about where you are, what you want to do, give you some nuggets, and we can talk about how we potentially would work together. But but don't leave LinkedIn in the dust. You know, you hear about TikTok and Gary Vee and lots of others talking about You've got to get on TikTok. It's not just for kids. Brands can show up. Yes, absolutely. And I do believe there's an opportunity. And I think it's something that it may exist for only a short period of time. It may be for a while. Who knows? However, again, I want to say something that I said earlier. Facebook, you knew it was a place to go and show up and find your old classmates and your family and your friends. Instagram, you know, you want to show up and take selfies of yourself everywhere so you look great. And, you know, no knock. I love Instagram. But, um, you know, again, you know what they're made for. LinkedIn is made as a business social networking platform. The work has been done for you for people to know that this is a place to do business. All you have to do is show up the other way first and the rest will happen on its own. Amazing. Brian Schulman, man, I really appreciate you. This, this was awesome, man. Voice your vibe, love it. Oh, I appreciate you, Ruben, I really do. Like, I think we talked a lot longer, I think either of us expected. Oh yeah, awesome. like, I think we great. can talk for hours more, but I actually <laughs> have a call I have to jump to. So. I appreciate you. I appreciate uh, you reaching out. Thank you so much. I look forward to checking out Dub and trying it out. And I'll let you know what I think as well. And thank you. To just thank you. Thank you for the honor of being on your show and just and our vibe. Like, I look forward to giving you a big hug and we, when we meet in person sometime. Hey, we're both and, uh, SoCal. It'll happen soon. Yeah, for sure, man. You're, I just didn't realize you're on that side of the hill. So next time I'm in LA, I will hit you up so we can get together and we'll grab a burger. <laughs> nice, man. There you go. Maybe a vegan one. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't push it. Don't push it. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, man.